0: Good morning listeners, good afternoon, good evening. How are you? This is Jim the Keys bartender. I hope uh, everything's going well. We're in the the middle of summer now. We're this July 3rd. We're in the Keys. It's hot and it's crowded. And mainly it's a Miami crowd. I guess that's the way people don't you don't get big migrations of people from far away, they come from nearby. And it seemed as if, you know, for the Keys being the uh, ascend of Florida, meaning the bottom, or the toes, I guess we're the toes, and Tampa would be, or Tampa or Daytona would be the, the butt, and the head would be near Jacksonville. I don't know how you describe that. I once described it you know, Florida has a penis because then you have that the keys, and you can describe whatever that looks like coming off from the tip of Florida. Could be urine, and urine will an figure into the uh, discussion today. So, from my experience, I'm used to seeing holidays for the last 15, 16 years. That fifteen, it's fifteen years, fifteen going on sixteen years down here in the Florida Keys. And unlike season, where you have people that come down here, people that take all these different types of transportation to get here, like uh, Uber taxis, airport uh, shuttles, and things like that, we have a lot of people coming down from the mainland. Tons. As evidenced by a trip yesterday to our local supermarket, the wife and I figured we'd stop there at 10 o'clock. We're used to busy days. In the supermarket, we weren't stopping in for a shopping cart load of of things. But when you walk in there, it was practice chaos. There was tons of people, tons of people, tons of shopping. And you know, when I saw all those full shopping carts and everything like that, you might think, "Oh, that's great. There's going to be a ton of people down here. We're gonna," you know. It just seems to be there's a, and this is antidotal is a lot of people are down here, they're doing their own shopping and things like that, and they're not going out as much. Evidenced by last night in a lot of other places. It wasn't, the the bars were busy, the restaurants, not as much as you expect. We did pretty much what we would normally do on a regular Friday, Saturday in the summer. And that's the last two days. And I'm not boo-hooing, poor as me, you know, oh, woe is me. I'm just saying... That's just the nature of this holiday. Nobody says, hey, you know, July 4th is going up. Let's make a trip down to the Keys if you're in Connecticut or you're in Ohio or something like that. Yeah, you get some people like that. Some people like that, but no. That's, it's mainly a kind of a regional uh, trip down here where you get oh, people with their boats and things like that and their families with their summer rentals. And, they come, and you get to come into the visitors from outside the area, and they're looking around, they, they probably are surprised by the amount of traffic. But then when they get to the, the restaurants, it's not as busy as you'd think. Because, yeah, local people rent houses and things like that, use their vacation homes, and they're, they're cooking at home, save a couple extra bucks. And July 4th is one of those things where you party from your house anyway, barbecues and things like that and we got our big events coming up tomorrow i think it's the parade i don't know if we're going to go to parade it's normally like 98 degrees and you stand there and yeah it does establish or it's a display of civic and national pride civic local national i guess national pride but it's one of those holidays it's just like everyone's out everyone is out outside as evidenced also by the traffic. Some guy was live streaming the traffic coming into the Keys. At the top of the Keys, trying to make it as sighted as possible. you got overseas highway. So we come off the turnpike. It's about a mile until you get to uh, the end of Florida. When you get off to the end of the Florida turnpike. till you get to the beginning of the road that accesses the Keys. And it was backed up about 3-4 miles on the turnpike. Which is six miles going in Keys. And that whole stretch going into the Keys, which is approximately 17, 18 miles. Just a line of people coming in using all the access points. There's only two access points to the Keys. So, yeah. And normally during these holidays, we don't see, we had some unique people come in, unique, different people. Some people that have different issues as evidenced by their behavior. And normally I don't see them during the holidays because it's so busy and you have so many other people. But I guess it's just the bulk of people down here. And I think as I get older I feel more callous when I have to deal with someone at my job who's having... Some kind of issue. And it's real busy. You, I mean, I'd like to be able to talk to them. But I get the twice this weekend. Twice this weekend I had people. When they handed me a card. A debit or credit card. This happened twice. They go, there should be enough. And I'm like, oh my God. When you order a drink. And then they give you the card. Telling you this is their only form. Of uh, remuneration. And they don't know if it's going to work. So I had it the other I had it night. I won't be giving away this. Well, no one's probably going to know this woman because the poor woman. You could tell that at one point she might have been a different person. But a tendency of people when they get older and they're slightly off kilter, they tend to be loners. Because it's hard for them to maintain relationships. And this woman first came in and uh, she had a backpack. I don't know where, where she's staying or anything like that. She could be one of those. We have a lot of homeless people down here. I didn't realize that until I looked at Monroe County blog, uh, their, their arrest site. The percentages of people that are homeless down here I'm so surprised but I guess because of the you know the, the climate that there's I guess there's a room for you don't see you don't see them on the street as much or you don't notice them as much as you would in the city in the city they seem to have everything in their shopping cart they have their bags and all that stuff they stow it during the day well, this woman had her bag and she had one card and I got it and uh, I gave her a beer and she says it should work. And this was the second or third person this the weekend. And I rarely get one a month. And it didn't work. And I said, I'm looking at it. I'm tired, it's towards the end of the night. And I just said, Don't worry. I'm saying, I'll take care of it, I'll pay for it. And she's She's going, I'll be back, I'll do this. And then she digs in her thing and she comes out with a $20 bill that's taped. It's like five pieces of a $20 bill that's taped with the center kind of part of the center missing. And there's just doesn't look right. And I just look, if I put this 20 in the drawer, I'm going to end up with this 20 in my pocket and I won't be able to do it. So it's best to pay the $5 out of my pocket not to take it and I said keep the 20 see if someone else will take it and I felt bad I felt bad for the person but I couldn't offer him but any sort of commiseration or solace I give this person would encourage them to come back and then they'd be hitting up other people around you and, and making them feel uncomfortable at the bar and then we'd be affecting Everyone I work with income, thus affecting my income. And I'd be doing a disservice to the owners of the property and the people I work with. But I didn't really feel good about it. In the end, I don't feel good when someone doesn't. But then also I have this idea to say, listen, if you're going to try to spend money when you don't have money, the first thing you should get is Food. If you don't have money, you know, if you're gonna to try to get something out of me, don't get a drink, get food. And kind of like once they get a drink out of me, and I pay for it, because I don't want to. I just, I don't kick them out. I give them the drink. I say, drink it, you know, drink it here or drink it outside. And the lady had this um, one of those cigars that are with the wooden tip. I guess it's a Swisher's it's called. And she was ready. Can I smoke in here? And I said. Where in the fuck have you been? Where you can smoke inside? A restaurant. Yeah, but I—I I still, to to this moment, I don't feel good about it. And if she was interested in food, I probably would have gave her food, and I would have had much less trepidation about it. But that's that's a secret. I hate I hate having to treat people less than. And sometimes, you know, less than they are. And sometimes they're so tired. It's like, how long, how do I deal with this? I'm in the business. If I was giving, if I was feeding, my job was feeding the homeless, and that's who I'd be dealing with. But in this case, it's, it's down here. It's like food is a secondary thing. I've In the 15 years... I've been down here, I had five people approach me about getting something to eat. And you know what? That's an easy decision. That is such an easy decision. You hungry? Of course. Here you go. I don't feel bad about money spent. At all. At all. But when someone asks for um, a drink, gratis, I just don't have that. Empathy. And you think I would. You think I would. But it's not, I don't think I'm helping them. I don't think I'm helping them when they're doing this. Uh, the, you know, the better, the people say, hey, listen, what if they're going into withdrawal? They get the shakes. I mean, I'm sure if they made it to a lot, most of the people that come in like that that are doing with the drinks are. Closer to my age, but I guess I should drink them, you know. In the end, and say, hey, listen, you know, once you once you unscrewed uh, a bottle of beer or poured a draft beer, there's no going back. You know, once they have it in it's not like you're going to take it back you're going to redeem it you're going to take it out of their hand and just say that this is you got me on this one this is yours i'll pay for it and that's my decision I do it I don't put it up to my i don't put it up to the owner to do that but I don't need to have, have to do it again and i still feel slightly off because of that decision and that's one of my secrets today Another one, I had a family obligation yesterday. And after, you know, we did something remotely with my immediate family. And after that, I had my older sister talk to me. And we're talking. And for some reason, even though the incident she brought up to me was has nothing to do with her family obligation. She f- felt the need to tell me about, and I may have blocked it, but I, I don't remember. I was old enough to remember. I think I was six years old. And she said when I was uh, five or six years old, she and a friend were outside of where we were living at a playground and they were on a merry-go-round. And I wanted to get on the the carousel, I guess you call it. A a merry-go-round at a carnival is one of those ones with the fake animals. But this is the the merry-go-round. You just push. use manpower to push it. And she said I wanted to get on it. And I decided uh, to go. When she didn't let me on, I decided to go into the house. And I grabbed, my father phrased it, a toy bag. So I imagine, you know, being five or six years old. I think it was more closer to six. It was more of a wiffle ball bat or a small, you know, some kind of bat. And I was I was walking out of the house, and he he saw me, and he said, where are you going with the bat? And I said, well, my," I explained this is all, you know, hearsay, because even though I was there, I, I don't recall this. And I recall things prior to this, a year prior, two years prior, I just don't remember this incident and he says you're not going to take that bat outside put that bat away so I put the bat away and I walk back to the merry-go-round and then my sister tells me I proceed to pee on the merry-go-round okay horrible imagery horrible story I mean, taking at first glance, you say Jim peed on his sister, but he did not. My father pointed out, he says, no, I understand you peed on the merry-go-round. You didn't peed on, but the girls got off the merry-go-round. And I said, oh, I wonder if I ended up getting on the merry-go-round then. But the interesting, the most interesting thing about it, it's first of all, it happened when I was five or six. You can say it was gross. You can say anything. And if you you cast it as something on my personality, fine. I haven't done anything like that since then. But it is similar. It is The the reporting of an incident, I have to say, is very similar to things that happened to me or stories that I hear about me when I was drinking and blacking out. When I say similar, I'm not talking about peeing on people, about hearing something that you don't recall ever doing, and you just have to take, you know, take whatever someone says as factual, because you do not have recollection of the events. It's as if you're sleepwalking through your own life. And say, do you know you were up? You were eating crackers and orange juice at three in the morning. And I'm like, I do not recall that. I do recall going to one of my local warning holes where I lived in uh, northeast Philadelphia. And I went into the bar one day and I was particularly banged up from the night before when you say banged up He drank a lot and the manager at the time pulled me aside and said hey jim how you feeling and i go okay and then he proceeds to tell me how i destroyed the bathroom in the in the restaurant and they had just fixed it and then I go, how much, you know, and like this, and I'm I'm assuming I guess and you know what? That incident, I guess, I realized that it was hundred percent true, even though I don't remember a moment of it. There was no evidence of it. I didn't even go into the bathroom, I didn't even notice it. But I to this day I accept it hundred percent true that it happened, even though I cannot recall a moment of it. That was—that's what blackout is like. It's like being a five-year-old and someone telling you something like that. Now, the peeing on the merry-go-round—I'll accept that as seventy-five percent factual. I, maybe even 85% factual. But then again, I got to remember, my sister's one year older than me, so I have two seven-year-olds explaining a story about a six-year-old. I said, why in hell would you not remember that? I remember when I cut my finger, when I was five years old, we came home from a trip, I grabbed an orange, I went to the, I went to the refrigerator, grabbed the orange, gra- grabbed uh, a knife, cut into it, and cut my hand. That was, now maybe that because that was more of a traumatic event. I I had to go and get stitches when I fell down. I remember the things when I was younger that promoted a strong emotional response. When I fell and hit my head. Or waiting for milk and cookies when I was in kindergarten. I had like one thing in kindergarten at the middle of the day. Middle of the kindergarten day. Which is I guess till noon where they give you milk and cookies, the little shortbread cookies with a cherry in the center. Give you two of those. I remember those. I remember my mother or father bringing me, um, when it was a field day, a field day is at the end of the year, and they had like a picnic outside, and you bring your own lunch. And I didn't, I guess I didn't tell my parents that, that nobody, I wasn't going to have lunch, and then one of my parents came by with the lunch. I remember that. I remember <coughs> traveling. I re- <coughs> I do remember. I remember that the incidents. There are things, but nothing. <coughs> I guess I don't have anything. I, one of these times, if people, I guess, when young people remember. Traumatic events—the memories come rushing back because you're accessing a, an old file, right? It's sitting in your head. But yeah, I, I hear tons of stories about me when I was a kid, about getting a toilet seat stuck on my head at a department store. They had a little kitty toilet, and I guess I put a toilet seat on my head, and they had to go to a special. I don't know if they cut it all. I to this day. I don't I for some reason it was embar- it's like three or four I'm three years old. I hear these uh hear all these stories, I don't remember any of these things. They're told to me secondhand, someone telling you about your life. As if you're a clone. And you were born and raised to the you know, age of Seven years old and you say, listen, we're going to give you memories then, but we're going to tell you everything that happened to you before that. And maybe put a fuse infuse a couple memories so you know that it's, you know, something. But I have, <clears throat> I don't have early memories, early, early memories where people say when you remember they were three, two and three years old. God. I remember five. I remember Christmas remember Christmas I remember toys I re- that was a, I remember going to my grandmother's house or grandmother's houses. I remember going up to our summer cottage. Yes it makes it sound when I say summer, summer cottage I get to pretend like I'm a, one of those privileged few but what what it was is we were a working class family <coughs> excuse me a working class family. That got long-term leases north of Philadelphia and he built cabins with, you know, you know, it wasn't, if we had some indoor plumbing, which is, you know, water would run inside the house, but all the, you know, bathroom things were done by outhouse, outhouse, yeah, because they didn't have, they, they didn't have um, sewage lines running through the valley that we were in. So, if you call them going up to the cabin, it would envisage someone saying, oh, you have a cabin. Listen, you got to explain to them, the cabin's nice. But it doesn't have an outhouse. It's not like a toilet. I went to I stayed on a nice, at a nice state park in Pennsylvania. And they said, you can rent one of our cabins. And I assumed I was 20-something years old and it was really cheap, but it was beautiful. You you bring your own bedding in, and they had beds, bunk beds, a room with a queen-size bed. They had a room with a fireplace. I mean, no, they didn't have a fireplace because I guess it doesn't make sense to rent out a cabin with a fire coming in to have a fire inside the house. You don't really want that. But they had a fire pit outside and all that stuff. But it had indoor plumbing. I said, this isn't a cabin. They don't have toilets inside. You know, this is that, a vacation home. <laughs> that was my criteria for it. But I digress again. I'm talking about secrets and things like that that you need to expound on. And when you... I, All these things. It's like, as a kid, you could tell the most embarrassing story about me. I don't remember a thing about it, but I accepted it as yes i guess i guess that did happen or didn't it because if i'm not the same person then that it didn't happen that happened to a different person just like i was in grade school junior high high school now the next time someone told me things that i don't remember was in After college, after college, I started hearing things and it was much like reliving those age when you're three, four, five years old where you don't remember those things. And maybe you don't remember them on purpose because say you, you know, once you got old enough to realize it, you go and say, I can't believe I did that thing. And the same thing happens when you're drinking. And it makes me. Think about the people that come out when they come in and they come in drunk and things like that. They don't know. I kind of kind of see the change over them sometimes. And all I try to do, I realize that if I didn't remember one incident where I had to go get an X-ray for my hand after a particularly hard night of drinking, and being explained to me by the doctor. Well, I was so embarrassed to explain to him that I blacked out, blacked out that he told me it was a basketball thing I was playing during it. And you've heard this story multiple times, heard this story multiple times. If I don't remember getting my hand run over by a car, this is what the doctor suggested by the massive trauma to the hand, without having the bones broken, because it must have been flat, and they said "I a heavy weight went over it equally, it cost my whole hand. Took a couple weeks for that hand to heal It feels a little stiff too. But I don't remember a moment of that. If a car ran over my hand, I do not remember that. Fortunately, I don't have other injuries like that. If if you can do that to yourself, then obviously it doesn't sometimes like if i if i could ever seem to access that memory i would love to know what happened that night i would love to but if someone told me what happened and it fit in closely to the narrative of what i got from the hospital i would have said oh i saying that's 100% what happened same as with the wrecking the bathroom or one sometime winning tons of money at a casino night when I am not the luckiest guy in the world. But it's so easy and so nice to be able to think of those things when you know I lived long enough to realize these things happen to other people too. It doesn't make it better if I did something bad and I'm I'm not feeling bad about it, but I do realize I'm not the only one. And you can feel shame for something that happened, but you don't have to live in that. Yes. When I was five or six years old, I'm going to go with five. I may have peed on a merry-go-round to show my displeasure with not being allowed onto. to. Does it make me R. Kelly? No. R. Kelly was a rapper who famously one of the things he liked to do with women was pee on them. And underage ones. Which, you know, it's kind of funny. You can say, yeah, you are like R. Kelly. No, I'm not. I didn't get that pleasure out of it. <laughs> well, I don't remember it. If something gives you pleasure, you think you'd do it again. It never happened again. But I have to thank my sister for telling me that story because it really does reveal something about me. And it's not about the propensity to do, resort to that. It's like propensity not to remember things that don't really bring any joy to my life or any growth. Or maybe the bringing up of the story bring growth and saying yes... I can see it could happen. Does it make me a horrible person? Nope. It makes me human. Don't believe all those things about people being angels. Not everyone's an angel. They do horrible, horrible things sometimes. Even the angels. And they feel the most guilt, I think. But luckily I wasn't an angel, so I don't have to feel it. I had a base, my baseline was much uh, higher. For being good, because I was, from the stories they tell me, I was a horrible person, a horrible child. People that would d- deeply dislike, if you could deeply dislike a three year old, I was a three year old. I think that's why when I got older, the rest of the family would be so nice to me, because they said, wow, we thought. You were going to be a monster when you grew up. I'm kind of a free speaking person, but I don't do any of the things. You know, I don't. I mean, there's tons of stories. I hear them all the time. When I run to another relative, he goes, "Oh, do you remember? Do you remember when you ch- you pulled out that Japanese tree that my your your aunt was growing and stuff like that, or you broke this." you know, this beautiful lamp or when you rolled down the steps with all the coats and or you sprayed pesticide in your cousin's face, right? That's just some of the stories. Or when you went to the department store and started poking holes in all the cellophane covering all the brand new dolls right at Christmas or telling Santa Claus to shut up. Yeah. You know what? I've heard it so long. I say, well, that's not me. That's not me. I'm much probably like a little like Sybil. You know, Sybil. It was someone with multiple personality disorder. I would choose to think that your brain develops in increments, and sometimes it deteriorates in increments too. And it takes a while to be a fully formed human. And some parts grow faster. Like if your medulla oblongata is overly active, you're going to be aggressive and not deeply thought out about the repercussions of your actions. I think that's what happened. It definitely happened when I was drinking. You don't think about the repercussions. You don't think about long term. But this show wasn't about drinking. It was about secrets and about people talking about, I just wanted to say, people telling you about things that happened to you, whether it's problems, whether you're a sleepwalker, a heavy drinker, or did things as a child. You go and say, I have no recollection of fact, but I do accept. And it's really hard to apologize for things you don't remember. It's super difficult. Now, it's not, I'm not saying it's not difficult to uh, apologize for things you do remember. But you could be responsible and you could say, I do remember that. I remember feeling this way and I do feel sorry about my reaction. Yes, it did happen. Am I culpable? Yes. Responsible? Yes. I know the same words, but I want to use both. But there's something really, even if it's a secret you didn't know about, if you just accept it and say, oh, okay, yeah. As long as it's not criminal and deeply ashamed. Chain based is really a, you know it's really easy. I don't know how the people that are under religious, deep religious—I'm uh, not going to call it psychosis—but under with deep religious convictions and moral rigidity, how they get through the day when they hear about things they do. Do they realize the things they do? Do they realize the feelings they say about the people they support? You can support a narcissist by saying he's, he, he's you know, providing, uh, he's doing God's bidding. You know, doing God's bidding. It's all that stuff. They are too quick to condemn people that don't agree with them. But if you support them, and, but your behavior is bad, they'll support you. I'm getting slightly off on a tangent, but all I'm saying is that they're living a rigid, a rigid moral code. When they screw up with something, they have to either admit it or ignore it or push it deep down. Push it deep down and not admit it. Whether you get a woman pregnant out of wedlock or, you know, you're pro-life now, but you have had two girlfriends that got had abortions, which you either paid for one and didn't do it. You know what I mean? All this stuff. You gotta live with that. You're gonna live with that to the day you die and say, Oh, you better hope that the person you believe in or the, the being you believe in is gonna forgive you when you never acknowledged it or acknowledge the possibility that happened. I acknowledge many things, and one of those is peeing on America round. Well, this is Jim the Keys, bartender. I'll leave you with that thought. I hope you have a great day. I am, this week, will be the inaugural inaugural uh, broadcast of Keys Chatter. No, not Keys Chatter. Gosh, I'm so screwed. It's called Conch Chatter. Now, Conch is what we call someone who's a resident of the Keys, a long-term resident of Keys, a someone born in the Keys and lives in the Keys called a Conch, and someone who's been here... Well, I've been here 15 years, so I can call myself a freshwater conch. I think they argue whether it's 12, 10, 11, you know, whatever. But I guess I'm a conch, too, and my wife, we're freshwater conchs, which I don't know if there's conch, such a thing as a in marine biology as a freshwater conch, but that means you're from, I guess you're from the mainland. So the, the show Conch Chatter will be a... Stories, topics, and news for the keys. For people in the keys, from the keys, or enjoy stories from the keys. Now, there's going to be sometimes we are going to be listening to the show and they're going to be talking about topics of interest to the keys and you can hear how we deal with it. But hold on. If you are a listener, you're welcome to listen to it. If you're from different places, you can see what our concerns are. That some, sometimes our concerns can be lo- aligned with yours. And uh, but the stories the stories should be a predominant part of it. And I want to use keys folks to do it. And maybe some of them are conks, it could be new conks or conks in training. And conk does sound a lot like cock. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm not sorry about saying the word cock. I'm saying conk and con and chatter. If you say it the wrong conk, chatter sounds a lot like conch chowder. And for some reason, because it's a new show and stuff like that, I keep on thinking keys chatter. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Even though it's not alliterative as alliterative as conch chatter, even though we pronounce it it's kind of unusual if you put those two words together, conch, has a ch at the end, which you don't pronounce. And it's a k sound. And chatter has a ch in the beginning, but it does have the ch sound, and they're right next to each other. Konk, chatter. So there's something about that, it's mesmerizing to me. I don't know if I'm turning into a high funct- functioning idiot on the autistic level, but from something like that, I said this is the key, and we're going to do. Uh, I think the primary season is coming up this uh, month, and I'm going to be bringing on a couple local politicians. Hopefully, they'll be interesting. If they're not that interesting, I will quickly just stick to more, I guess, entertaining things. And I hope this was entertaining. Have a great day, and I will be back.